I'm held captive by my selfishness because I'm focused on me. I'm expecting everyone else to change. But the only way that I'm going to get set free and change is if I start changing. Well, it is a great uh, privilege of mine uh, to introduce to you Michelle of Clint. And Michelle was actually baptized uh, in our former fellowship in 1993. Come on. And uh, she, uh, she, she became a disciple in the, in the UK. Uh, sadly, sometimes relationships get hard. And so did also her relationship with, with God. She wandered away for some years from a walk with God. But then, again, the first love that she had once had started burning in her heart. And decided to come back to her first love and get restored as a true disciple. And now she's doing strong in her work with God. And soon after she had come back, there was actually a disciple who took note of her. Whoa. This amazing, amazing sister with a gentle and quiet spirit. And of course was Eric of Clint, wow. uh, who saw her and okay, like, you know, this is uh, somebody I would love to get to know. Of course, as uh, God would have it, they actually got married right here in Stockholm. Wow. And are just the great pillars in the, in the church. Uh, she has had the heart of loyalty to God uh, for several years over here in Stockholm. She has had heart to serve, to, to lead the women, and to take care of those we have had. So uh, please give your full attention to Michelle as she shares what the cross means for her. All right, thank you. Good morning. Uh, I'm really grateful for this time to share, and thank you for the introduction as well. And, and uh, thank you, God, for second, second chances. Um, I have a question to you just before I ask Caspar um, uh, um, uh, to read the scripture. And that is, have you ever felt abandoned or rejected? Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'll ask Caspar um, to read in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. Matthew 11, verse 28 reads, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I have now a life that many would look at and think, wow, she has a great life. You know, I have an amazing husband. I have close friendships. I have close relationships even with my family and that, but it hasn't always been that way. And, that's, and I can give you a little bit of background to um, how my life was um, grow, growing up. So I was, as Caspar said, I was born in the UK. And until the age of seven, I felt really safe and secure at home. There was my mom, my dad, me and my sister. And um, you know, I've got lots of childhood memories. Um, but it was that feeling safe. And then suddenly at the age of seven, my dad, um, we were going to move house, and my mum and my sister and I, we left ahead of my dad to go and visit my grandparents on the way. We were going from the middle of England down to like, the southeast. So en route was my grandparents. And we arrived at my grandparents. Great, come to see Nanny and Grandad. And when we were there, we, my mum received a phone call from my dad saying that he was leaving her for another woman. And I didn't see my dad again for several years. So it was suddenly life just changed. And, that's, and that was when I, in, in, uh, insecurity started to um, just be part of my life. Right. 
so anyway, we were there with Nanny and Grandad's, and then my mum got married again pretty quickly, I think, and it wasn't a great marriage for her, even her second marriage was not great, and that, but she got married again, and then my mum had more children, and another devastating thing happened to our family, and t when I look back on my mum's life, I think, wow, my mum's amazing. But my mum gave birth to a healthy baby boy, and then he got sick with meningitis and was severely brain damaged. And then my mum fell pregnant again, and she had another baby. So of course, my mum didn't have time for me and my sister. We were like um, eight, eight and 10. And so again, it was that feeling of abandonment again. It wasn't, of course, no one could help it, but it just happened. But more insecurity, and just, there were so many feelings inside me that I didn't know how to deal with. And that, and um, I think this just um, meant that I just kept a lot of stuff in, but a lot of fear. So then that was home life. And then within school, we moved around a lot. And I got bullied a lot at school. And um, uh, that meant that I was always thinking, what did I do wrong? And like, why am I cheated like this? And you might think, well, I could have just made friends with other kids. But I was so fixated on the people that bullied me. Like, I wanted them to like me. And that's so why I was always going after, what do I need to change? What should I do differently? And I became more and more self-focused, and that to the point of developing a dis uh, an eating disorder. And I was so conscious of how I looked. Perhaps if I was prettier, perhaps if I was thinner, you know, perhaps if I just did things differently. And that. So I just wanted to be loved. I wanted to be accepted. And I was always just going after, trying to win that. So you think, so how did I respond to this? These are my circumstances. And of course, we always have a choice about how we, we respond to them. And that, so the way that I responded, well, anger. I lashed out in anger. I was rebellious at home. My relationship with my mom and my family was so dysfunctional. I couldn't, no one could tell me anything. If you told me one thing, I would do the opposite. And then I was lying. I was deceitful. Um, I kept bad company, like, because I just wanted to be accepted. If anyone accepted me, then I would just hang out with them. So I chose friends that were not the best, and they were probably just as hurting as me. We're all young people. And that, so my friendship group became a criminal-minded friendship group. And um, I started going out and shoplifting, stealing. I even got involved one point with some so-called friends where we decided to plot and rob another friend. So I even betrayed someone who'd been a friend to me so I could be friends with these other people. And that was devastating to this guy's life, you know, that he got beaten because of decisions that I made. And then going on from there, um, I got a, a, a criminal record because of this robbery that I'd done and that Imagine the pain for my mum, how embarrassing for her to come to court, you know, with her daughter. So I made all these choices, and it just carried on, and I was, um, you know, sleeping, sleeping around and taking drugs. I tried lots of different drugs because everyone else was doing it as well, and I thought it would be fun. And luckily for me, I didn't have an addictive nature, but I could so easily have died. I had friends that died. That was my friendship group people getting stabbed, and that, people dying from drugs. That didn't happen to me, I was so lucky. And it was in my relationships with men as well, like I was, um, see, no one was in a good place here, and so I was in relationships where often I would get violently beaten. 
And there was one occasion when um, I wanted to, I'd been with, um, with my boyfriend for a couple of years and uh, I knew that I needed to leave and I kept trying to leave. And um, he was a cocaine addict, he was actually a crack addict. And every time I left, I think, oh, I'd come back because he would change. And there was this one occasion where he held me at knife point, threatening to kill me. Sitting on the kitchen floor, I thought, is this, is this how my life's going to end? Am I going to get stabbed to death and be the next headline? You know, because that's what you read in the papers. You always think it happens to someone else. But maybe it was going to happen to me. But luckily it didn't. So I think, you know, with all those circumstances, it was so easy for me to blame everybody else. Blame my circumstances. Blame my parents. Blame other people. And that's, but never taking responsibility for my actions because how I responded, I caused a lot of pain, a lot of hurt to other people too. But I was so self-focused, I never ever thought about the pain. Never, it never occurred to me that I was hurting other people. And I think, you know, I wanted to change. When I was 20, I had my son. So at age 20, I now became responsible for the life of another. And it was at that point that I started to think more about my actions. And I wanted my life, I wanted my son to have a good life. I didn't want him to be, you know, to have the upbringing that I had as well. But I didn't know how to give him that. I didn't know how to change. I was going to make the same mistakes again and again. But by the grace of God, and literally by the grace of God, because it wasn't for all the good things that I had done, because I hadn't done any, you know, but by the grace of God, I got invited to church and I started to study the Bible. I wasn't religious. I did not believe in God. And that, but for some reason, I decided to study the Bible. And, that, and it was at that point there that I started to see Jesus' example. Because Jesus was bullied. Jesus was rejected. He was abandoned. He was despised. All the things that had happened to me and probably to all of you. But how did he respond? Not how I responded, that's for sure. No, Jesus responded with forgiveness. Jesus responded by seeing other people's pain. Because he could see that. You know, Jesus had compassion on people. And when I saw Jesus' example, I was like, okay, I'm held captive by my selfishness because I'm focused on me. I'm expecting everyone else to change. But the only way that I'm gonna get set free and change is if I start changing. But I'd never had a, I'd never had a reason before to change. It'd never been enough kind of motivation. But Jesus' example was the motivation that I needed. And I, and I thought, how did Jesus do that though? Like how, how did Jesus forgive? You know, okay, and that. And it was because he was loved by God. And I think, okay, that was enough for him. So how great is the love of God? If that was enough that he could, even on the cross, he could forgive people. And I thought, I need, I need to understand the love of God, the love that God has for me. Because then even, because it's going to happen again, right? There's going to be times when I don't feel loved. There's going to be times when I get mistreated by people. And when I mistreat people, 
But in those moments, how will I respond? Am I going to just carry on life, not forgiving, being bitter, being resentful, having broken relationships? That's not the life that I wanted. So I'm like, okay, I need to know that love of God. And I'm so grateful that Jesus' example makes that possible for us as well. I think Jesus didn't focus on his own suffering, but he focused on forgiving. And as I was preparing for this communion, there were some words from a song um, that I just wanted to share with you. It's a song called, For Those Tears I Died. And in the chorus, Jesus uh, it says, And Jesus said, Come to the water, stand by my side. I know you are thirsty. You won't be denied. I felt every teardrop, and I cried so many tears, and I bet you did too, that you have too. But as I said, I felt every teardrop when in darkness you cried. And I strove to remind you, for those tears I died. So I think as we come to take communion, you know, let's focus on how we can repent. I had so much self-pity, but let's not focus on our self-pity, not blaming the circumstances, but instead just imitating um, Christ in, in being able to forgive. Thank you so much, Michelle, for that incredible communion and just for sharing your life so, so vulnerably. I wanted to read here quickly 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. And it says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, The cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. And again, this really shows what communion is. It talks about the bread, which was the body of Christ, was broken for us. And, uh, and the wine, which was his blood that was spilled for us. And again, the purpose of it is to remember... Christ and what he did for us. But it also calls us to examine ourselves. Because otherwise we are guilty of sinning against God when we don't realize what it is that we're doing. So again, we, we ought to examine ourselves. Okay, what, what have my sins been? And also just come out of it with a decision to repent of our sins. Because people weren't doing it, it says that many have become sick, that is spiritually sick, and a number have fallen asleep, meaning died spiritually. So also there are times when if we don't want to repent, we shouldn't take the communion because we understand that, that we, we aren't ready to obey Christ in this moment. So again, if you're a disciple, I want to put it in your heart today to examine yourself. What have your sins been? Make a decision to repent 
and then you can also take, take a minute. Let us pray for the bread and the wine. Dear God, thanks so much, Father, for this incredible time just to remember Jesus. Thanks so much, God, for sending your Son for us. Thanks so much, Father, that we have the opportunity to be purified, God, just to be made anew. Thanks so much, Jesus, that you took our burdens on you. Thanks so much, Father, that you went through the most difficult things, Father, so that we can, we can go free and we can live in a close relationship with you. I want to pray that you bless this bread and the wine. Uh, I want to pray that you remind us of our sins, God. I want to pray that you put it on our heart to repent of those things, God, to be open whatever we need to be open about, God, so that we can have a clear conscience, God, and walk before you confidently. Thanks so much that you are a God of healing. Thanks so much, Father, that you change our lives, God. You build us up, Father. You turn the lives around, and you want to do great things through us, Father. I love you so much. I thank you. I bring Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to-